Welcome to our podcast, Hey David, where Grandpa Rod talks about life and attitudes, hope and success. Each week, he raises a new topic for David to consider. We hope it speaks to you too. We also hope you'll invite your friends to listen and that you'll share your comments with us. Here is Rod with today's topic. Hi, I'm Rod MacArthur, David's grandpa and narrator of the Hey David podcast. Thanks for listening. I want David to have the best grandfatherly counsel I can give. It could be that you'll gain some light pointers too. Welcome. Today, I'm going to talk with David about the people in his life. Who are you going to trust? How do you know? It's good to have trustworthy friends. Don't you think? Hey, David, it's Grandpa. My college buddy, Mark, the one I told you about in the episode on Pivot, retired from a prominent chemical company back east and relocated to the north end of the Kitsap Peninsula. He started a small private company to research, establish, and patent a new chemical process that he could sell to the chemical industry. After securing sufficient funding, he hired several employees and invested a good deal of time developing it. He and I reconnected over 20 years ago when he showed me the lab he established to pursue this process. He was getting close, but he is diligent and particular. He wanted to be confident that the process was perfected before taking it to market. However, one of his co-investors and fellow workers became impatient. He sold the product without Mark's knowledge or consent before it was ready. Mark had trusted him, and didn't think it necessary to take any precautions against his friend to safeguard the process. Why am I telling you this? Sometimes the people you trust turn around and stab you in the back. It's like the old joke. What were Tarzan's last words? Quote, Who greased the grapevine? End quote. It's unfortunate how people you thought you trusted can let you down. Maybe that's where the old proverb came from. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I think good-hearted people want to trust others. Perhaps they project their own trustworthiness onto the people around them. I know I see the world through my eyes. I want people to appear to me to be as trustworthy as I am to them. That's what I want. But doesn't that make me vulnerable? People have been known to prey on those who trust them, just like my friend Mark. Just so we're on the same page, David, let's define trust. It's that confidence we have in someone else to do the right thing. Sometimes we even use it of inanimate things, like our cars, for instance. If we maintain our car properly, we trust that it will start even in a cold winter. But if our battery is too old, we may find ourselves a sucker of trust. Trusting is placing confidence in, being sure of a thing or a person. Trust is an important aspect of life. I would hate to go through life being paranoid, that is, not trusting anyone but always suspecting something bad might happen. That wouldn't be pleasant. Trust is important. When I was in my late teens, 
our preacher asked me to come help him do some work on the new church building. I forgot what it was. Maybe it was when I was helping by doing the concrete finish work on the entryway, or maybe it was when I was nailing up second-story fascia boards. Both were demanding jobs, a little beyond my skill set at the time, but I did them willingly. When the day was over, he wrote me a check. He looked at the check and said, "Uh Uh-oh, that's unreadable. Let me write you another one. So he wrote me another one, but didn't take the first one back. I have always wondered, was he testing me? Did he want to catch me out to chew me out? To expose me? Or did he want to show me what kind of person I was? I cashed the second check and kept the first one. I never talked to him about the first check, and he never said anything to me about it either. I'll never know whether it was just an oversight or whether I passed the test and he just didn't want to tell me. What I do know is if I had cashed both checks, Tom would have nailed me. More than that, I would have exposed to him something about me that would have eroded any trust that he had in me. The point is, David, your actions either build or erode how much another person can trust you. More on this later. Has it been your experience that a person might act offended when you show less than full trust in them? Listen to me carefully. Trust must be earned. You cannot arbitrarily trust somebody who has not proven themselves to be trustworthy. At least, you can't trust them and feel confident that they'll come through as trustworthy. If they seem offended because you don't just grant them untested trust, it's because they haven't learned this key lesson. Trust must be earned. If I had cashed both checks, Tom would have lost trust in me. My actions determine whether I am trustworthy. Bad choices erode trust. Hard choices build trust. What do I mean by that? King David raised an interesting question in the book of Psalms. Who can live with God? His answer goes to the heart of the discussion. He said in part, quote, The one who swears to his own hurt and does not change, end quote. You see, even God wants people who are trustworthy. Let's say that your friend makes you a promise. It turns out that to keep that promise will cost him a lot. Maybe time, maybe money, or maybe some significant opportunity. He weighs his options. He could keep his promise to you, or he could choose not to because of what it would cost him. When he keeps his promise, and you know what it cost him, you know you can trust him. If he bails on his promise because of what it would cost him to keep it, you lose confidence that you can trust him at that level. It's just that simple. Your actions determine whether people can trust you. And your friend's actions speak volumes about whether you can trust or even should trust them. You see, trust must be the natural extension of observed behavior. And that describes your character. Knowing you, David, 
I suspect that you have a healthy number of people in your life. Some of them are closer than others as friends. If you're like me, different acquaintances have different levels to which you will trust them. For example, I would probably trust just about anybody to hold on to a dime for me. But it would take a special level of trust for me to ask them to be in charge of $100,000. See what I mean? Different levels of impact require different levels of trust. You've probably noticed that these different friends have different manners of presenting themselves. For example, friend A may be fun-loving and outgoing, while friend B may be assertive and confident. I tell you right now that neither fun-loving and outgoing nor assertive and confident are competent bases for trust. The fun-loving guy may love fun so much that he ignores safety or rules or law. He could get you into trouble. The confident guy may have the confidence of swagger and not the confidence of experience. He too could get you into trouble. The point I'm making is this. It's not the character as they present themselves. It's the character as they conduct themselves. Do not be fooled by how comfortable or good it feels to be around somebody. Look for their follow-through. And don't be guilt-tripped by a demanding person, the one who gets upset when you don't trust him. Always look for the actions and the follow-through on hard promises. You will find trustworthy people when you look at the difficult choices they have made and stuck by. Losing trust is a natural consequence of superficial promises that aren't fulfilled. It's also the natural consequence of failing or bailing on a commitment, no matter how hard or demanding. If you want to stay trustworthy, David, keep your word and fulfill your commitments. Always be a man of that level of integrity. Jesus said it this way, Let your yes be yes, and your no, no. If you say that you're going to do a thing, anything, always consider it a commitment, a sacred pledge, as it were. Then step up and make your word come true. Show the people close to you that you are worthy of their trust. But what can you do if you have eroded another person's trust in you? What do you do if you've let them down by failing to keep your word? Rebuilding trust requires honest conversation in which you admit your failure and ask for a second chance. At that point, it's reasonable to trust you a little bit. After all, you have owned your mistake. Maybe more than a dime's worth at first, but certainly not $100,000 worth. This is like a prepaid credit card. As you pay your bill, you begin to establish your credit. In this case, as you keep your promises, even if they're small ones, you begin to establish or reestablish your trustworthiness. Then you build on that. It's a process, and it requires patient perseverance and integrity, but it's worth it. What is trust? It's having confidence in another person that they'll keep their word and do you no harm. How do you learn to trust another person? You observe their behavior. 
You grant them an opportunity to prove that they can be trusted. You grant that opportunity on something of low impact at first and then move up the scale. Finally, why be concerned about being trustworthy? The answer is simple. We need people in our life for our life to be filled to the max. But we need people we can trust so that our filled life is free from anxiety over whether or not somebody is going to sell us out. It's that simple. Trust grants peace of mind and fullness of life. That's my wish for you. I love you, David. Thanks for listening. If you've got something worth holding on to from this blurb, come back next Monday. Next week, I want to talk with David about money. How do you handle it without it controlling your life? See you next week. Thank you for listening to Hey David. If you have thoughts, comments, or questions, please send them to rod underscore MacArthur at comcast.net. Rod will get back to you. Also, check out the church's website, www.churchofauburnwa.com. You'll discover a ton of information. You may especially enjoy the page Blurbs from Rod. Until Until next next Monday, Monday, have have a joy-filled week. week.